Welcome to the Internet of Nature podcast. I'm Dr. Nadina Khala, and I'm an ecological engineer and technologist. In this 10-part series, I will be interviewing entrepreneurs and innovators about their technologies for building greener and smarter cities, asking them the questions that could help you grow your tech-driven, nature-based enterprise. This week, I'm speaking to Joris Olde Bekert, co-founder and CEO at Trimendo in the Netherlands. Welcome, Joris. Thrilled to have you on today. Can you tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how the idea for Trimendo came up? Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm Joris. I'm originally from the Netherlands. I started as a physics student or studying physics um, and a specialist in climate physics because I had a passion for climate change and sustainability. I basically done several projects on sustainability and climate change next to my studies because I did not feel I was able to do it within the study. But afterwards, I was able to specialize in climate physics. And from there, I actually saw a bunch of super talented scientists working on CO2 models and temperature uh, increase models and so on. So I was able to to work on this as well. But I saw like most of the science is already clear. Uh, we need action. So I specialized more into also like the action part. So I specialized in design and engineering for climate change mitigation. So as such, like basically from this whole like journey, eventually Tremendo sprouted because I was researching part of my master's research. I was researching how to connect people to forest and especially like new forest planting. But digging into the research of like, is there ways that we, we know already we can connect people to nature in a broader sense, but also to forests more specifically? It's sort of like an in-between science and design and engineering. So in the overlap is where we operate and we try to connect the three fields in Tremendo to create that nature connection, forest connection. We try to connect people to forests and to empower them to plant forests and to stay connected. So, so Tremendo is a is both an app and a web platform that helps that enables people really to restore forests remotely. So, why was it important for you and the rest of the team to enable people to do that? You especially you're you're specialized in like this urban environment and. We all know that like more and more people live in an urban environment. In the future, 70% of the world population will live in cities. And nowadays, already more than 50%, which means there is a, a growing disconnect as well to forests, uh, which are most of the times not based next to people's house within a city. And that is actually what we have, like one of the biggest challenges of all time. We need to plant, well, billions, trillions of trees. Um, but there's this disconnect. More than 50% of the world population is disconnected from these areas. So if we want to like inspire and to stimulate people to care about those forests and to participate in this forest planting, we need a way to connect them with those areas. We focus on that challenge to tackle it. And we saw it because we also felt like not many people were actually focusing on this, this disconnect. There is a lot of amazing nature organizations, forest planting organizations everywhere around the world. But this how to connect those people for a longer time as well, because that's a second element. There is a bunch of organizations that connect people to a forest planting project. The connection doesn't last. So a forest is meant to last not tens of years, but hundreds of years. But we saw that actually there is no organization focusing on establishing such a long-term connection with people. So that's, that's what we try to do and what we're still trying to do. And we're always evolving and adapting, uh, learning more. But yeah, it's about how can we create such a long-term connection with possibly a remote forest 
how do you keep people interested and invested in a project? So that is the challenge that we focused on and we tackled. So maybe related to some of the challenges, what do you feel like is something that people commonly misunderstand about your technology? We're, we're impact focused. So we're also now set up as a foundation. So for us, it's impact first. So what we also do with Tremendo, we always measure our impact as much as possible in different areas. So for us, the impact is sort of like two-sided. For ones, we have like the natural impact. Can we plant more forest? Can we help plant more forest? And can we keep the forests alive for a longer time? So that's one part of the impact. The, the second part of the impact is the connection. Can we establish such a long-term connection with the forest areas? So those two, we both have to monitor. But for us, like what I said, is impact first. So that's the most important. The way we do it is less important. We're adapting, learning all the time. And possibly our service might evolve over the years and will evolve and will change uh, with the learning outcomes that we get. And we'll see what is more effective. So for us, it's about the result in the end. And we'll monitor as, as closely as possible. So yeah, it's, it's less specifically about this technology or the other. It is a mix uh, of all and it will evolve and adapt. So, so what has been your, your impact thus far? Give us a little bit of a run through from the founding of Tremendo and, until now. Tremendo is relatively young. So like we, of course, strived like to, to grow our impact far beyond with what we have achieved already. With the planting of our first forest, which was actually like within two months of starting like the whole journey and thinking about this challenge. So we were like super proud of like having, yeah, being able to do this kind of action research. I don't know whether you are familiar with this term, but it's not just theoretical research, but actually learning by doing sort of uh, in short. Um, so it's actually like an urban forest. It's in Bath in the, in the UK. And by, by accident, we got in touch uh, with a landowner who was willing to lend his land to plant a forest there. And that's how we were able to experiment and try like one of the, yeah, the first trial of Tremendo. So what we've done then, we, we've learned uh, an amazing lot from this first forest. And there was an amazing experience and having been able to do this within three months, essentially. So what we've done is we made a visualization in 3D, like first an analysis of the site, how it is now, like basically a, a, a patch of land, a grassland uh, disused. And we've made like a 3D visualization, then we brought it into a game engine and we populated it with how we envisioned the forest would look like maybe in five years, 10 years, 50 years. And we brought those two together in a small augmented reality application. And this was our first sort of mock-up demo. So people were able to like walk around the field, like how it is now, and with their sort of input, how it could turn out to be a, a beautiful forest. It's about testing and improving. So we tried it like the first time. Well, although it seems small, but like we got 300 people to, from this demo already, like contribute to the forest. So that was our first forest communities. Yeah, we're super proud of, of that first forest. And, the, and those users are still engaged today? Well, yeah, we, we try. So we have, to, we have to see like now how, how well connected they feel. So this is something that we are still studying as well and how we can improve it. Since then, we've developed like two new versions of the, of the app. So we made it first like more interactive, got more data from the site, for instance, live weather uh, sort of visualization in 3D. So if it rains there, it rains in the, in the 3D simulation. Um, cool. So yeah, to give that sort of live feedback, that's what we are striving for. And yeah, what we try to 
bring it to the people. I have to say with this, it's when you're like sort of experimenting and already trying it out in real, it's always like sort of a, a balance between what can you offer people of like a, a good enough quality because you're you're doing it for real. So it's kind of kind of scary at the same time. But I think people were really fond of the idea and they're excited about the technology. But in the end, we know our community also, well, they mostly care about nature in a broader sense and the forest. So they believe in our idea, our way of doing things, the design, the technology and so on. But at the core is, I think, still our nature impact. The, the, the fact that we actually planted a forest there and that, that they contribute to it. But for us, maybe that's also something I still need to mention. For us, it's like compared to like traditional conservative nature organizations, it almost seems like it's the end of the journey. So you get people to contribute or you get right. um, donations from people. And this is like sort of the end of the cycle. So you plant a forest and that's, that's done. And that's for us where it starts, essentially, like our connection with our community, because a forest needs to last like hundreds of years. And we want the connection to last as well this long. Like the, the forest grows and the connection grows and we regrow as an organization. Uh, so right. for us, it's like the, the, the tree planting is just a start. And we hope that like with the tree planting, it inspires uh, positive nature action, maybe in other forests as well, that our community will contribute in other forest projects, but also in other um, like sort of areas, maybe not taking a take a flight on an airplane or, or so on. So for us, it's like the tree planting is the beginning. It's like the seed that we plant literally and virtually. You're listening to the Internet of Nature podcast. I'm Nadine Khala. mentioned that learning by doing was kind of a core philosophy within Tremendo. Let's say that, you know, you could take several steps back and, you know, you're back on day one of, of founding Tremendo. What's something that you might do differently if you could? Either have to decide whether we're like going for like a moonshot, which is what we've done like in the beginning, like trying to establish this full life connection, sort of 3D, 4D, 5D connection, like virtually with sound, audio, all kind of data streams. So that was for us the moonshot and still is. But to be able to establish that within a couple of months is, of course, undoable. So I right. think we would have to choose better whether we choose organic growth and like build an organization, do something that we are able to build within like a certain time frame to make to grow our impact organically or to go full for the for the moonshot instead of like trying to to do both planting millions of trees within six months basically of starting the whole organization that was a bit too much uh, so we uh, we could improve that uh, next time and who would you say is someone that has been most influential to you on this journey so far to you personally it's multiple people. One well-known character is Thomas Crowther, and he's from, maybe you can help the me. Crowther, the Crowther Labs? Yeah, in Zurich. And he's behind the now super famous research, uh, like we need to plant a trillion trees, and he's behind a trillion tree campaign as well. And I think he's really sparked, although a lot of questions can be asked about like this statement and the research and how to do some amendments to the, to the article. But I think with the, with the broader audience, he really sparked the idea of like the importance and the relevance of planting forests and trees, which are really cherish basically the research that he's done 
and how he communicated about his research. I think it's super exciting because it's like on one side is a super positive influence on the whole forestry sector in that sense to bring it home with a large audience, the importance. But in the other sense, we shouldn't forget that forests are only part of the solution. I think what's most impressive about Tom Crowther is that he's done a lot of work to get this issue to the main stage. And part of the journey of getting that issue to the main stage is as a scientist, you're forced to perhaps simplify that message more than you would at a more nuanced scientific conference. And it was really a shame to see the massive amount of backlash that he got after that, you know, that first big publication where people went in on, well, you know, it's not nuanced enough and it, it's, yeah. it's not that simple. And he never said it was. And if, the, if, those, if those people that had, you know, written some pretty awful articles about him um, that he did not deserve had perhaps taken the effort to read a little bit more in depth, maybe they, they would have come to some uh, brighter conclusions. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I also managed to speak to one of the one of the researchers behind it. So they're, they're, they're super clever there. So they are, of course, are aware that like, it's only part of the solution. Um, yeah. And I think like, I, I would hope more scientists in the climate change area, uh, or sustainability area wouldn't be so afraid to make an well, not new and statement uh, once in a while, because Sure. I think it really works to to shift public opinion and to to get somewhere. I think a lot of other scientists could really relate to Tom Crowther in that moment too, because I think there's no scientist that hasn't struggled with, you know, wanting to do the science justice, but at the same time ensuring that it's coming across in a way that is understandable to the layman and is going to have the impact that you want. So it's I think a constant internal struggle, but indeed, you know, daring to perhaps be a little bit a little bit bold. And then as long as it's not misleading, I think indeed, as you said, that can be incredibly powerful to get to get action. Yeah, I totally agree. You mentioned a, a number of different technologies that Tremendo has already used, whether that be from, you know, the development of the app to, um, you know, having this online weather data to even using augmented reality in some of your, your earlier designs. What are some of the most, let's call them, exciting technological trends that you've seen in this area of nature-based solutions and maybe nature conservation as a whole? What we're doing at Tremendo is we're trying to combine multiple sensing methods. So I think that's one key area. So you have like the remote sensing and the on-site sensing and for for us it's like key to connect both uh, essentially to get real data from the site and something that we can see using satellites a lot of those things are actually already available it's not necessarily about like doing high tech kind of things in the forestry sector i think there is a lot of low tech that can still be once you connect it can still be super powerful uh, so that's what we're trying to do connecting those on-site sensors and some are like open source so you and i could build it today if we want to if we have the parts and we read the manual everyone can build like for instance an audio sensor with which you can record sounds from any forest area like you have like a small solar panel and you can record the sounds and broadcast it live somewhere I think that's one of the most beautiful, small and low-tech low kind of sensing methods that we are using because like the, the cool thing about this acoustic monitoring is that it has a value in biodiversity monitoring. So maybe not many people are aware of this, but like just listening to the forest, actually like we can tell something about the biodiversity level in a place. Uh, which makes sense. Like if you hear a lot of different birds, like it makes sense that probably there's a lot of biodiversity in the place. 
but actually uh, just from like an audio signal, basically a microphone hanging in a forest, you can monitor this biodiversity and evolve over, over time, over years. But at the same time that this has impact measurement use for this nature impact, it also has a use of how to engage people with forests. It's of course, like also the audio of forests. So it's like this beautiful connection between the two of having like a real use case in, in both fields. So yeah, what we are doing, we're connecting the two. We both monitor the forest and we can connect our community with the forest. Another thing that we're, we're focused on and not many others, I feel like, is this design sort of engineering part of the equation. It's like how we get data from a forest, how can we convey it in, in the best way to people? Is that through like a graph or is it just a number or is it a 3D visualization? Does it need to be like realistic or can it actually be some kind of yeah artistic? And that's another part that we're trying to sort of investigate more. What role can this design and art play in creating the best impact or the most impact? We're excited about both things, how to get the data from the forest and how to translate it to an exciting experience for people, uh, a captivating experience. And I think there's some amazing work being done by different designers and artists. So if you can connect that or adjust it in such a way that it actually is not just an exhibition in a museum, uh, which can already be super powerful, but something that actually anyone at home could could experience, but also, yeah, that could inspire and stimulate like a mass skill impact for, for a really broad audience. So I think like we're sort of trying to connect the dots there. What you just said reminded me of one of the other entrepreneurs that I got the chance to interview for this series, Mike Edwards of Sound Matters. I don't know if you've ever heard of his work. Him and his partner create soundscapes for different landscape restoration projects. And then there's this really kind of in interesting technological aspect to it where they actually install soil sensors and they take those measurements and then sonify these measurements and then create these really beautiful musical compositions of it. And it's, again, like you were saying, it's, it's fascinating because technology can really be used twofold. On the one hand, they are monitoring the soil condition, but on the other hand, they're able to share this story of, of landscape restoration, whether that be in, in Spain or wherever it is in the world with, with listeners all over the world. It's really quite powerful what technology can do in that mm. sense. And that's amazing. And like in the same way, there are so many other amazing examples. There can't come up the name right now, but there's someone who just has some, well, a tree cut down and he's using basically the, the year rings. He's turning it into a, a, mm. a record. So he's actually just wow. using a adjusted needle to play the year rings as like a track, a music track. Wow. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's it's like translating trees and forests in captivating ways. And there's, there's so many ways. There's another... A really inspiring group is the Marshmallow Laser Feast, working on fungi simulations, beautiful animations, which is like for us really inspiring as in like how we can translate and show possibly what is goes in like what is happening inside a tree for instance, uh, like yeah. that a tree expands every day for instance, like taking up water trunk expanding and shrinking again. So these are things that we can't really see just looking at a tree, but using animation you can, of course, visualize this in a way or yeah, sap flow, all those kind of things. I think there's yeah. like a lot of room that we can use to inspire people, to captivate people, to inform people as well, because could, of course, like have a, a, a major case for like trying to inform people more about that a tree is alive. All those kind of things is really beautiful, like trying to connect science with art and design. 
Yeah, and I think especially the case for trees, right? Considering that trees are these, you know, beautiful, majestic creatures that do so much for us, but at the same time, they're immobile and don't have a voice. So if there's a way that we can actually translate their actual sounds into something that we as humans can understand, it, it kind of builds this beautiful, without getting too philosophical, but builds this beautiful bridge of us being able to communicate more directly with them as well. Yeah. Yeah, to- totally true. And yeah, we sort of need to relearn how to like receive those signals and how to pay attention to it to be awed by, by the mechanisms that, hap- that are happening in a forest or uh, within a tree design. Art, science can help with this, bring it to, to a new light. And what we're trying to do with Tremendo is teaching people or like showing people those, those small details that really bring the connection with a forest, like a specific forest, but also a forest in general or nature in general. How can people learn more about Tremendo? How can they perhaps restore a piece of, of their own forest? Please visit our website, tremendo.com or follow our Instagram, uh, Tremendo. That's, that's how you can stay connected with us or do send us a message as well. Because yeah, what we're saying, we're adapting, evolving, growing. And yeah, we're impact focused and we're learning a lot. And learning only goes through connections that we make with other people. That's how we learn. So please connect with us because then we can build a better platform together. And, and for the people that do visit you online, can you, at least it immediately struck me, your logo is beautiful. I love the design of it. Can you, can you tell, can you share a little bit with us the story behind the logo? Ah, thanks. Uh, it's great to hear. Maybe it's like perfectly in line with this podcast series, this internet slash network, as we like to call it, that we're a part of, a network of people and nature. So our logo is also a connection of different letters, uh, different words um, that is constantly sort of adapting, evolving. So it's not one logo, it adapts and evolves. And so that's how we like to see our own organization. And that's how we envision, or that's our philosophy in a sense, that we are all part of this bigger network. Yeah, no, it's it's beautiful to be able to translate something so complex into such a simple, effective look. Uh, it's beautiful. And it leads perfectly into, into the final question, which I ask all of my guests, is what does the Internet of Nature mean to you? Internet is just a technology or a way of connecting, I think. That's how we see it. So for us, it would be more like a network of, of nature is how we could translate it in our, in our words. Yeah, it's a nature network where developing new technologies in a way to get more sort of signals from nature to connect to nature in a sense to be able to track nature so i think it's just like getting more sensory devices to to receive different signals and to connect on different levels with nature we have this problem of like trying to distance humans from nature Uh, so we always find this difficult to talk about this are like should we talk about nature, environment, and people separately, or is it all just part of the same network? People are part of nature, people are animals, so we're all part of this bigger network. It's just, I think, how technology can help us sometimes to connect with those other beings in a better way, in a positive way. I think that's a that's a beautiful way to end it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jovis, for coming on. I really enjoyed hearing about the inspiring story behind Tremendo. And I'm really excited that Tremendo seems like something that all of the viewers of this series will be able to engage in. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much to Jovis Ole Rickert from Tremendo. And thank you for listening. Join me next week on the Internet of Nature podcast when I will be talking to Ash Welch from Acom. 
This podcast is brought to you by Connecting Nature Enterprise Platform, an innovation of the Connecting Nature Project, which is funded by the European Union Horizon 2020 Framework Program. This podcast was produced by Little Red Flames.